Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Peter Sacker. He's the CEO of Bacchanora Lithium, listed here on AIM. They've raised some money recently, nearly a hundred million bucks. We asked him what he's going to do with it and the plans with their partner to get boots back on the ground uh, in Mexico. Uh, if you want our thoughts and opinions on the topics we discussed today with Peter, you can find those at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done just to save you some time. There are training courses to help you with your diligence process, commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies and does some superb weekly shows and they're well worth doing in their own right. And if you want to join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe, friendly environment, free from trolling and abuse, and I hope you feel that sounds nice, uh, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Peter, how are you doing, sir? Good afternoon, Matt. How are you doing? I am magnificent over here in the UK. Where in the world are you? I'm in sunny Toronto, and it's a very sunny, pleasant uh, three degrees in my state. Pleasant <laughs> three degrees. Very good. Very good. Well, we haven't spoken since July. Where have you gone? You've gone from 23 to 42. That's not too shabby. No, it's been uh, it's been a good year for us. It's been a good month. So we've been we've been very busy. We're very very happy with all that. Yeah, you are. And we're going to get into some of the reasons um, why. Um, what's your take on the, the macro at the moment? Because obviously lithium's gone on a bit of a rip for the last three months, particularly. Most of the gains from most of the companies have been in the last three months. What are you seeing out there? I think it's the start of a very long cycle. I think you're seeing significant demand out of Asia, specifically China, for both EV and renewables. You're seeing huge demand out of Germany uh, from the automotive industry. And obviously, the US is just starting to gain ground with Tesla and the rest of the automotive space. So I think lithium has only just started and it's going to be a cycle that lasts for at least a decade. Yes. Yeah, so do, do you put the credits at uh, Elon Musk's door for bringing attention to the sector? Uh, initially, yes. I mean, he's a long, long-term believer. He's done a lot for the industry. But I, th I think as we move forward, it's going to be the larger automotive players who have the defined infrastructure who's going to push it to the next, next stage. Okay, well, I look forward to talking with you about that in a second. But first of all, before we do that, the customary one-minute overview of the business for people new to the story, and then we'll pick it up from there. Okay, thanks, Matt. Well, I mean, it's been a very transformational month for us. We completed uh, fundraising that put $100 million in the bank and allows us to confirm that we're now fully financed for the Sonora project. That's great news. It's been a long journey. Secondly, as we finalized the 50-50 JV with Ganfeng, so we now have a 50-50 partnership with one of the largest lithium producers in the world and, and a developed company that, that has significant expertise. And then finally, we actually put boots on the ground in Sonora. So we have a team on site doing early works on the project and getting ready to start construction in Q3 this year. Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, I think let's start with the money side of things because that is the enabler here. One, did you think you'd be at this stage now or has that been thanks to the market um, you know, interest? Well, I think we've been... Uh, prompting the market for this for at, at least 12 months. We, we finished the, the early engineering work with Yan Feng. Uh, we moved down the uh, detailed design. We moved into early works on site. So we've been telling the market and our shareholders that we were going to raise money early in 2021 for at least the last 12 months. But the market has helped us. But uh, yes, this has been a, a long-term strategy. Right. Okay. Can you just remind us of the terms of the, because there are two tranches of money here, really. 
two main tranches of money here. Let, right. let, let's talk. Let's talk about the um, placement of the market for us at fifty six. What? How did that go? Easy to raise money in, in this uh, current climate? Uh, it's never easy to raise money, but but we had strong support from existing shareholders, which, which was nice. I mean, both Ganfeng and MNG came in, which was very nice. Great support from some new shareholders, both out of the UK and Europe. And also, we were very lucky. We got great support from some of the retail shareholders uh, and um, almost 400 new retail shareholders that, that put money in. So, yes, we had a lot of support, mainly out of UK, uh, Europe, not so much out of US. So, we're very happy with with where we're at. Um, was it easy? We were oversubscribed, but yes, we, we wanted 65 million, so we, we got 65 million. And, and then Ganfeng are putting in another 30 on top of that. So that's almost a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I saw that. So that, so, but you did it at a sort of nearly 20% discount. I mean, what, what, how do you get to that pricing? Because it was it just there hadn't been enough sustained uh, gains in the marketplace? Or is that fairly standard? Um, Right. I think it came back to what you said at the start. I mean, our share price had uh, almost trebled over the last 12 months. So a lot of people had, had seen the, the continuous gain. Uh, we did a discount because it, it, it's nice to give some a little bit back to people who've supported us. And, uh, and, I, and I think that was a fair price seeing as where we'd come from and where we want to go to. Right. Okay. And then obviously Gangfang following on fairly quickly with 31 million bucks. Those was done at what, 45p. Yes, correct. Yes. So basically, they, they came in at the same price as everyone else. Uh, they topped up. Then they're almost a 29% shareholder in the company. So we go forward with Ganfame being a 50-50 joint venture partner in Sonora and being almost a 30% shareholder at, at the PLC level. So obviously, significant support from, from them, uh, which shows great support for the project. You, you know, you're raising at different prices in quick succession. You've got Gangfang now as a I guess with this deal, getting over there, I'm 50-50 partner now. So it's impressive. But your share's kind of shot off on the initial excitement. I've dropped back down to sort of what you'd, you'd say is a fair level, would you, 42? I'd say compared where we were uh, this time last year, it's a very fair level. Uh, and I think most of our long-term shareholders are very happy with that. What we have to do now is obviously perform. Uh, and we have a number of milestones over the next two years that says we, we start development in Q3 this year and we produce our first lithium in the middle of 2023, which is the objective of, of the whole fundraising. Right. Okay. You're kind of happy with the way that kind of played out and leveled out. Yes. I, I think if we had been sitting back at 22 cents as we were uh, last year, then we wouldn't be unhappy. But but where we are now, I guess we're very happy. We've got a market cap of almost 150 million pounds. I think that's a, a good point to be at. Right. Okay. And just in terms of the race, in terms of the... What, what that was based on, that was based on a, a previous feasibility study. Had you hoped... So you'd be using Gangfeng numbers by now? Uh, no, we, we were happy with the feasibility. We always said that was a very realistic number. Uh, we have optimized it a little bit. We, we've dropped the capital costs from 420 million to just under 410. So we've had some upside with, with that. But in terms of, were we going to shave 30% off the capital cost of the project? Uh, no, that was never going to happen. Right. Okay. But there was, there was talk previously about Gangfeng putting some costing numbers together, to, which yeah. may help. Um, is there any sight or line of sight in terms of timing around that? I think I think what you'll see um, over the next few months is that we'll have a, a slightly larger project coming out at a, at a higher revenue side uh, for a slightly less amount of money. So I think there'll, there'll be a win-win both on the, the capital cost and the uh, the size of the project. Right. And were you, any clues there in terms of whether what you're going to be producing, carbonate or hydroxide? And we've, I think we said for the last few um, 
years, we're going to have flexibility. The, the market is, is trying to sort out whether it wants to be a hydroxide market or a carbonate market. I think for us, we need to have flexibility. Um, some of our customers want hydroxide, some want carbonate. So we'll, we'll be able to do both. Most importantly, it's got to be battery grade. That, that's our focus. And we have to produce at the uh, lower end of the cost curve. So as long as we demonstrate the, the economics are maintained, high production, lower capex, yes, flexibility is, is the key to this going forward. Right. Well, that, that's an important point to make because, again, I think there's a lot of noise in the marketplace about you know capturing more of the value down at the hydroxide end, end of the marketplace. But there's a lot of people wanting to be there or claiming that they're going to be able to get there. Not everyone's necessarily going to be able to insert themselves day one, whether it be for technical reasons, financial reasons, or being able to actually get contracts in place. So are you, what sorts of conversations are you having with Gangfeng around this, or, or, or are they focused on more technical matters and less market? I mean, they, they are they are at the moment not able to supply all of their customer base. I mean, there's, there's a significant undersupply and, and over-demand. Uh, they're saying that there's, there's increasing demand for carbonate in China, uh, based on obviously the, the battery types, the LFP in China, but also significant demand for hydroxide in both Europe and, and the US. So I think whether it's Ganfeng or whether it's us, we both want flexibility with the market moving forward. Okay. And you're, you're happy with that position. That gives you the flexibility, the agility to be able to respond going forward. And that, that, that's a deliberate thing. That's a very deliberate thing. Yes. I mean, if, if you had been looking at the project three years ago, it was purely a carbonate project. And then, as you said, there was significant focus on hydroxide based on the, the driving range of some of these larger vehicles. And now very much a focus back on carbonate. And there's a squeeze on carbonate pricing in China. So yes. As you've seen the market move over the last three, four years, I think producers going forward have to have that flexibility moving forward. Okay, okay. And uh, just one more on the fin- on fin- finance. Yeah, last time we talked, you talked about the RedCat facility. Um, do you feel that you're going to need to utilize that or are you going to remove that? No, at, at the moment, uh, we're fully financed based on both the, the debt side and, and the equity side. So between the equity we have now in the bank and between the RedCat facility, that's the full finance project. So know that that will stay in place. And obviously, they've been very patient with us. Uh, so yes, they're a good partner to have. Right. Okay, fine. And it, and it doesn't cost too much to maintain it. Uh, compared to some of the financings that have been done recently in the lithium space, I think it's a very reasonable, very reasonable pricing. Okay, good. Okay, well, let's, let, let's get into the project. because that's, that's the bit I think people are interested in. Okay, you've got boots on the ground. What have they been tasked with doing? Uh, well, first stage, obviously, when you start building is to clear the site. So we have uh, an environmental uh, strategy in place. We have to clear the topsoil from the project site, and then we have to clear the subsoil and <clears throat> stockpile that and, and move it to the future. So that's that's the first stage. That'll be completed by end of April. Uh, then access road. We have an access road site, but obviously we have to upgrade that for heavy equipment and heavy vehicles. So that'll happen between now and the middle of the year. And then the, the main work will start Q3 when we go into bulk earthworks, which is excavating the foundations, and then concrete and, and civil work. And then structural work will happen after that towards the end of the year. So by the end of the year, we want to be out of the ground, have some of the structure in place, and look forward to receiving the long lead items that will arrive Q1 and Q2 2022. Right, okay. And where you are, and I've asked this question to mining companies in, in the same sort of same district, I just want to hear your, your version of it. Where you are in Mexico, and also as on a Mexican uh, uh, 
conference where we this was discussed, which is around security. So the Mexican government is now, you know, issuing well, mines the ability to rent police to help with security issues in in certain parts of Mexico. Is that something that you're envisaging needing? Uh, well, where we are in Sonora, we've had very few security problems, and we've we've been working there now for the last eight years. So I think it'll be a combination of civil security, which which is the the normal security forces in Sonora, which are as state based, and we all have our own security on site, which is normal for any remote site. So a combination of both. Um, but will we be renting uh, soldiers to secure the uh, the workplace? No, that's that's not the plan. Right. Okay. Um, let, let's get into an area which is dear to my heart, and I think it's relevant at the at the moment, which is around these sort of EIA, ESG, energy, and you know how how you how you ensure your own credentials when plugging yourself into this EV ecosystem. This full supply chain is being monitored, tracked, traced. Um, OEMs demanding it. These automotive manufacturers are, are, are demanding it. You're working with Gang Fang. Um, tell us, tell us what you're what you're focusing on in regard to that topic. Well, we, we look at the the three, I guess, prongs to this. There's there's community relations. We we've been working with the local communities in in Sonora and especially around the, the mine site for the last six seven years. We we have a a policy in place where we recruit locally. Um, we have most of our workforce that's on site at the moment is, is from the, the, the local area. So strong community relations, and that will be maintained going forward. Uh, a lot of the contracts that we let will be with local contractors. Uh, a lot of the work that can be done on site by, by the actual local people themselves in terms of transport, catering, that sort of stuff will be focused on, on local supply. So community relations is, is very important to us. Uh, when you look at the, the carbon footprint, obviously we... We will source energy out of the US, so that, that's natural gas. So that, that's a lower footprint than, than say, diesel or, or petrol. But in the future, we're looking to supply some of that energy through a, a solar installation, and we're looking at a solar lithium battery facility. That's, that's down the track. Um, so carbon footprint relative to most lithium projects is low. We, we don't have to drill and blast, so low energy impact there. We don't have to brush, brush or grind, so low impact there single stage roasting, so low impact there. So we've, we fit quite well on the carbon footprint towards the bottom left of, of the industry. And moving forward, yes, we will make sure that, that all our discharges are, are maintained on site. So we'll be a zero discharge site. All our water will be recycled. So tailings will be dry stacked and water returned to the plant. So we're trying to do everything we can uh, to maintain a, a, as low a carbon footprint as possible. Right, and permits, licenses, etc., all in order. Correct. Environmental permit was issued uh, 18 months ago. Water license was issued 12 months ago. Construction permits are in place. So yes, the, the work on the ground that we're doing now is leading to construction starting Q3 this year. Okay, so you're a UK, you're an aim-listed company right. with assets in the Americas, with a Chinese partner. <laughs> Who's going to benefit from you producing whatever it is that you choose to produce going down the line? Where's, where's it going to end up? Which ecosystem? So in, in terms of customer base, it's predominantly Asia at the moment. I mean, still, however, you look at where, where the demand is, 90% of lithium batteries are made in the Asian market. So initially, it will go to China, Korea, and Japan. But looking down the track, I mean, the US market is growing very, very strongly. 
their capacity to develop cathode and, and lithium batteries is, is growing fast. So I think downstream will look to supply North America when, when the market grows fast enough. And it'll be very much where our customers want it to, to be delivered. Ganfeng has contracts all over the world. So does Hamwa. So it'll be where the customers are focused. But yes, we'll maintain as short a supply chain as possible because it's good for both the, the carbon footprint and, and for the, the cost of delivery. I mean, are you just choosing the path of least resistance because Gangfang's your partner? They've got their own ecosystem. They've got their own clients that they can walk you into. Um, are you going to bother looking at some of the other options available to you? Well, the nice thing is that we have two optakers. I mean, 50% goes to Hamwar Corporation, 50% goes to Gangfang. So we've maintained um, a slight tension there between the two. Uh, offtake agreements are similar. So yes, we, we want that ability to deliver to a, a couple of customers, but obviously Ganfeng is providing what we believe to be uh, a one-stop shop. They're providing a, a technical support for the, the engineering. They, they've done all the lithium plant engineering. As, as they move off of the construction phase they're doing in Argentina, their team from Argentina will come to Mexico and do the construction of the project. And then obviously the most important uh, from my point of view is commissioning. I mean, the, the highest risk for any project is finishing construction and getting as uh, as fast as you can into positive cash flow. And having Ganfeng with us with a construction team and then a commissioning team, I think that mitigates a lot of risk that people have considered that, that, that we pose. I think I want to talk about the macro component a little bit, if you don't mind. I want your view on it because um, you know we've done some analysis of the amount of uh, funding that's happened over the past twelve months. It's over six billion, right? There's some pretty big players in there raising you know a vast majority of that. But I think the surprising thing to us was the the rise of lithium clay or clay stone um, above brine, above DLE in that funding list. Um, does it surprise you? Not at all. I mean, we've, we've been telling this story now for six years. Um, it's only just catching on. I mean, <clears throat> the, the life of the project is 250 years. It's a 250 year result. It's scalable. I mean, we can start at 20,000 and, and get to 50,000 or 100,000 relatively quickly. Um, and we sit at the bottom end of the Costco. So we're sitting around that $4,000 per ton for a battery grade product. So how many projects do you know anywhere in the world that have a 250-year resource life, sit at the bottom end of the Costco, can be in production within 18 months to two years, and produce a battery grade quality that will go straight to the, uh, the cathode market. So yes, I'm not surprised. I, I'm surprised it has taken so long for people to catch on. But, but with any new technology, with any new mineral, um, it, it's education. It is education, awareness, and et cetera. I, I, absolutely. And I think people understand technically the problem can now be solved. I think, I think I think from 12 months, that's been a big shift for sure. But there's also a lot of new entrants into the marketplace. There are some players perhaps, are, you know, you know, all boats rise in a, in a high tide. So a scenario, you must look around and go, I, I think some of these won't necessarily get into production. I mean, that's going to be a sort of negative effect. And then you've also got people at the other end of that scale. We've had, you know, a, a couple come on here, some significant claims made. One, um, not it wasn't clay, uh, claiming that they could supply the whole of the North American uh, market for the next hundred years. I did say, please don't. Yeah. But um, that, that when you look at the way that the supply demand um, numbers are, you know, for the next ten years. Clearly, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a need for it, but there's also a heck of a lot of people claiming a heck of a lot of production capability 
which can come online in the next five years. And I think five years is optimistic. I mean, I've been in this industry for a long time. I've been doing this for 40 years. The typical gestation period, uh, whether you're Bacanora or whether you're BHP is 10 years. From the time you, you put your first drill rig on site to you do your engineering and you do your permitting and then you do your feasibility and then you do your construction and then you do commissioning, that, that's a 10 year cycle. So anybody who says they're gonna be producing in five years time needs to have a defined project, needs to have done their engineering and needs to be getting ready to construct in 2021, 2022. Um, as far as I know, the only Greenfields project that will go into construction in 2021 is Bacanora in the next uh, four months. So anybody else who's going to be in production before 2024, uh, they need to get their, their skates on because that, that's a very aggressive time period. Okay. But as you see, the, the, the market's growing from a current 350,000 tons a year to 2 million tons a year by the turn of the decade. So there's room for a, a lot of new entrants in the market. There are. And there's a need, but they won't necessarily all work. So help me as an investor. What's my checklist that I should be looking for when I'm looking at uh, investing? Apart from your good self, obviously. But what what, what is the checklist? You, you look at anybody who has um, access to existing infrastructure, because because you want to be able to build a mine that can feed into an existing system rather than developing a whole railway or or project infrastructure. So close to infrastructure. Uh, you have to have uh, enough of a grip on the mineralogy and the metallurgy to know you're going to make a battery grade product. In the laboratory, anybody can make battery grade. Um, it takes a couple of days and you can spit out a 99.5% product. We've been working our pilot plants in Sonora now for over four years. Ganfeng have been running their pilot plants for over a year. So you have to be able to demonstrate on a continuous basis that you can make a battery grade product at a price that fits at the lower end of the Costco. So continuous repeatability, uh, battery grade product, good infrastructure. And you want to have a project, Matt, that, that can be scaled because as the market grows, you don't want to be a 20,000 ton producer for the next 20 years. You want to be able to grow with the market. So the, the, the person that you want to do that says they can supply the whole market, they're not going to come on stream supplying 100,000 tons a year. They're going to come on stream at a much lower scale get into production, get the process working and then grow, which is what we're going to do. So we're going to start at 20, hopefully grow to 50, maybe look at 100,000 tons down the track. So scalability, cost curve, and most of all, product quality. Those are the three things you need to be looking at. In terms of the asset, money, I'm thinking money, I'm thinking strategic partners, I'm thinking access to markets as well. Yeah, we talked about that today and, and previously. In fact, people should, I'll put a link to our previous conversation in here too. Um, but not everyone's going to be capable of getting those things over the line quickly as well. I'm just trying to wonder what the barriers are for success. So I, I appreciate what you said about the asset. What else, what else is on the list? Well, financing. I mean, the, the, the average cost of production is $20,000 per ton of lithium production. So, if you're a 20,000 ton producer, then you're a $400 million capex. That's, that's a rule of thumb. So for a junior company, yes, you're right. You need a, you need a partner. You need a big brother. Um, and we looked around and, uh, Ganfeng fit that, that, uh, strategy very, very well, both in terms of a balance sheet, they're a 30 billion US dollar company. Plus they have 30 years of living experience behind them. Plus they are currently building a very similar project to ours. In Argentina with a, a dedicated team. So yes, yes, technical people, uh, project skills, financing, that's fine. But I, I will come back to uh, those other factors 
you have to have the project behind you. If, if you have a project that lasts five years and can produce a, a subgrade material, that's great that you can fund it, but, but it's not going to be a, a long-term investment. So yes, we're looking at the, the long-term downstream strategy uh, and Sonora works very well for us. Okay, AIM has been good to you. It's been very good to you, okay? Um, and very supportive shareholders too. But when you look at some of these North American um, companies, possibly call them peers, um, they seem to be getting valuations for an excess of yours. Have you thought about coming over here, or coming over, coming over to the North American markets as part of the solution going forward? I mean, you've got a bunch of money now, you can afford it. Sure. Um... So we've, we've thought about this, we've, we've talked about this. I mean, AIM obviously has got us to where we are now and has been very good to us. There, there are other boards, obviously, in London. The main board in London is uh, obviously where the, 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 the bigger market cap companies sit. And I, and I think our natural progression now is, is down the track to move to the main board in London. Um, in terms of other jurisdictions, I, I think more importantly, let's get this project into production. Let's get a cash flow going. Let's get a cash flow multiple. And then you'll be far better, um, I guess, anticipated for, for listing on a, on a secondary market. So yes, aim, aim for the moment, main board London, and then we'll see what happens next. Yeah, okay. Well, best of luck with that. Appreciate the update today. Um, congratulations on the, on the fundraise. Gives you lots of optionality in, in terms of how you choose to move forward. And of course, we continue to look for uh, uh, announcements from you with regards to you know your technical success too. So um, appreciate your time today, Peter. Stay in touch, okay? Thanks, Matt. Yes, it's going to be a, a good year for us as we move forward. We're now fully financed. Uh, we have enough money to do the construction and the commissioning and getting the positive cash flow. We have a strong partner behind us uh, and we have boots on the ground in Mexico. So yes, it's going to be a good year for Bacanoi. It's going to be a great year for Lithium. I'm looking forward to the next 12, 24 months. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.